Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson. Here are my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going well. We're remote today. Nobody's here in the studio in person. I'm sitting here all alone. Uh, you know, virtually welcomed uh, here here by myself. Not as much, but you know, these are always fun too. It's good <laughs> I'm to giving hear you a high voices. five from here, buddy. Oh, uh, my favorite kind of high five, the virtual one. So we're back yep. this week once again. Uh, two weeks away from the regular season. Next week we're doing our bold prediction show, Matt's favorite. Mm. But this week we're going to wrap up with our top 12 fantasy football wide receivers for the 2022 season, who we think will finish in the top 12. We each got our own personal list here. We have no idea who's on the other person's list, but we're going to find out here momentarily. Uh, Stay tuned for the end of the show. We're going to have a way to you to find out how to get into our first annual Dynasty Nerds redraft league that we're going to host on our friend Sleeper, uh, a a great friend of ours. You can actually find the Dynasty Nerds podcast now on the Sleeper app. If you go in their podcast section, you will see the Dynasty Nerds podcast. You can check us out there as well, courtesy of the Spotify channel. Uh, Check us out there. But we will have a redraft show. It's going to be on Sleeper. There's going to be some prizes. There's going to be stuff to give away. You're going to play against myself, Garrett, and Matt. Your odds of winning? Better. It's redraft. Better. Likely. Probably not. I'll probably win. Those are just the odds. Uh, so, so speaking of odds, though, guys, before That's we how begin, odds work, I'll explain all that in the, the show. But speaking of odds, uh, let's talk about so our friends at Prize Picks. And you know, Prize Picks. You've been hearing us talk about them for a while. As the season ramps up here, there's going to be so much action. You could get in on Prize Picks. It's a great place to go and make some prop bets. Uh, basically over under projections, right? You pick two to five players, you win 10 times your entry. It's a fantastic way to use your football knowledge to win some coin, right? But it's not just football, it's golf, it's baseball, it's college football, it's MMA, it's any kind of thing that they're sports related, they're gonna give you some uh, over under projections on it. And right now, speaking of receivers, Matt, do you got a couple uh, of those over under projections on receivers? Maybe we could kind of look at it, maybe win some... Uh, Win something on here? Yeah, let me, let me take a look here. Um, ooh, um, this is a good one. Keenan Allen, 1,050 yards. Keeping in mind that Mike Williams is also on the same team, and he's going to be <laughs> catching a ton of passes. So 1,050, that's going to be a tough one, right? What are you taking? I don't think it's too tough. I think I think he's a solid 1,100-yard receiver. <laughs> it's a good 50 yards over. <laughs> I'll take the over. Well, big-time buffer there. Um, this all right, so another one. too much not to go over. No, I, I totally agree. I think Keenan Allen's going to be an over on that one as well. Um, my next guy would be Michael Pittman Jr., 1,025. over. Yeah, for the presumed number one there in the Colts offense. God, Definitely dude, smash, smash it uh, overhold. It's, all, dude, it's so hard. So hard. Porn star. <laughs> and my, my last one that I think is probably another, another layup for you guys, C.D. Lamb, 1,175.5 yards. You better at the yeah. over. My uh, my rankings are in trouble. No, I, th- I think there, he's a, I think he's a thirteen hundred yard receiver, easy in my book. So I'm I'm going over been, on that one as well. Has there been a a, a, a an over under projection on Prize Picks that so far we have not smashed the over? <laughs> that we found not really. I try to I try to 
I try to pick the ones that I think we'll pick as overs. The you know ah, the perfect. the Keenan Allen one was one that was kind that of borderline, close. just because Mike Williams effect. Another one that I think is a a, a pretty good line actually. Travis Kelsey eleven hundred yards, but Tyree kills there. This is, this is a tight end. That's our next show, but I still think Tyree he might Tyree be. Kills no Tyree kills there. anymore. Oh, did I say he's there? I meant he's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah not there. Yeah, That's I mean, eleven hundred is way less than a million yards, so I'm smashing that over too. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, what I figured. That's an easy one. And I mean, there's yep. so many on here right now, and you can mix and match in between sports. All you gotta do is get the prize picks. Use that promo code Nerds. They're gonna instantly match your deposit up to a hundred dollars. So you put a hundred bucks in, you got two hundred bucks to get in there. They'll win two million dollars, like we just said. Like. Travis Kelsey's receiving yards this season. And on top of that, if you use the promo code nerds and you actually place a bet, fill out uh, the Google sheet below our podcast in the notes, put your name, the email you use to sign up with the promo code, and we're going to send you the most comfortable shirt in the world, the Dynasty Nerds t-shirt, as a thank you for supporting our sponsor. So remember, promo code nerds, prize picks, win some cash, all kinds of fun stuff. We're going to have a good time all year finding these prop bets that we love. So Top 12 receivers for the 2022 season PPR leagues. Let's just uh, let's dive in here, shall we? Do you guys want to go through your top three uh, first? Garrett, Matt, and then I'll go. We'll go over our top three and see if we're all on the same page and kind of where we differ here. Uh, Matt, Matt, you go ahead and go first. Um, I'm going to go this year. I'm going I'm to put Justin Jefferson where I think he's going to rightfully belong. I think Justin Jefferson is going to break out in, in this offense. It's going to be him. I'm going to go Cooper Cup as number two. And then it gets it gets a little bit more difficult because you get some murky murkiness going. But I, I'm going to go with the young buck again here and, and, and go Chase, uh, Jamar Chase. Wow, we are, we are so different, Matt. We're not even close. Um, <laughs> actually, it's identical. I have Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, uh, then Jamar Chase. I think that offense passing more. Uh, and Minnesota is going to be great for Justin Jefferson. And as much as I like Thielen, we know he's an aging veteran, and, and Jefferson still put up yards regardless of him being there. Uh, I do have Cooper Cup next. Uh, I think there's bound to be some sort of regression. I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest receiving seasons of all time. Uh, and then there was a lot of other like maybes, but there's like question-ish marks for a lot of other guys right after. But there's really no question mark for – for Jamar Chase, I guess the only thing you could maybe say is like, does T. Higgins have a bigger role than last year? But I mean, it's an improved offensive line. They're coming off the Super Bowl. Like, I just don't, I don't see a lot of reason to not have him in the top three. So yes, our top three is identical. Rich, please be different. It is different. So oh okay, uh, buckle up, boys. My number one fantasy receiver for the 2022 season is Justin Jefferson. My number two okay. receiver on the year is Jamar Chase. My number okay. three receiver Whoa. is Cooper Cup. <laughs> so, hey. so different. It is definitely <laughs> different. Um, you know, start at the top with Justin Jefferson. Uh, we all have him as our number one receiver, and there's a lot of point, you know, reasons that point to why why Jefferson's going to finish as a number one receiver has a good chance to. This is a player so far that came into his rookie year, finished as wide receiver six overall, averaging slightly over 17 points per game in PPR leagues. And then all of a sudden comes into the sophomore year, was wide receiver four, averaging 19.4 points per game. And what do they do? They bring in a new offense. Um, they, you know, that, that LA offense with Kevin O'Connell coming in as the head coach. They want to open this up. Justin Jefferson's already spoken on it about how good this offense is and how much 
how how like he understands how Cooper Cup did so well last year. Justin Jefferson, one of the best receivers in the league at getting open, uh, dynamic at all three different levels of the field. So we're talking about a guy that has gotten better every single year. He somebody came in last year. He was a wide receiver, won a third, a little bit over a third of the season. He was a top twenty-four uh, receiver, a little bit over two thirds of the season. Uh, each this is each and every single week. So you mentioned Adam Thielen. They got Irv Smith, and he did this. I mean, look what he did so far in his rookie year and sophomore year. And that was like a run-first offense for the most part. This is they're really focused on the run. They had Dalvin Cook there, and he still dominated the fantasy football landscape. Now with Kevin Connell coming in, you have to expect this offense to open a little bit more. Justin Jefferson in his third year, uh, still getting ready to become the highest paid receiver in the NFL until Jamar Chase becomes uh, available the year after. And somebody who set the wide receiver rookie record as receiver coming in, broken by Jamar Chase, of course. So I do expect Justin Jefferson to be my number one receiver. You know, we have the t- same top three, so I think we like all three of these guys equally. If you're a top three fantasy receiver, there's a good chance you're going to make your fantasy football playoffs. So for Jefferson, for me, it's kind of, I feel like it's even, I feel more secure about that all three of us had him as number one. Nobody had Cooper Cup, nobody had Jamar Chase. Is there anything else, Matt, you got on uh, Justin Jefferson you want to throw in here, some stats? Any news? Um, any nothing that you haven't already got, nothing that you haven't already kind of crushed or, or, or we haven't, you know, talked about here i mean just the new offense in general just the, you know obviously this is the same offense that that cooper cuff kind of exploded exploded in last year and and i mentioned you know last week on the podcast or two weeks ago on the podcast um how justin jefferson just couldn't believe how cooper cup kept getting open in that offense until he saw how the offense kind of worked um you know throughout training camp and all that kind of stuff and if if cooper cup can get that open justin jefferson's a guy that's going to be getting even more open um in this kind of style of offense so i just think he's going to feast and and, you know this is the this is the year that he kind of fully breaks out in in my opinion anyway yeah, and it's why he's my also my dynasty wide receiver one as well. You know, you're I know you're right. splitting hairs with him and Jamar Chase. Uh, I love that top tier. It, it's it's I haven't felt I'm trying to think of going back receivers probably since Calvin Johnson guys that you've had two receivers that are 23 years old or younger amongst the top of these. You know, we it's been a, it's been led by running backs forever uh, for the number one overall player for years. And now we have these two young guys at the top of your dynasty fantasy football overall rank. So if you're going to start up, you're really looking at Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. It's nice that we just don't have one like ally like a Calvin Johnson, a, a receiver that we expect to, a guy like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, we expect to be a top six fantasy producer for the next nine years, eight years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yep. I mean, even followed up, you know, I have Jamar Chase as number two. You guys have Cooper Cup at number two. And and that's fair. I mean, because, you know, Chase, you have you have T. Higgins there, right? A lot of people expect T. Higgins to be a wide receiver one this year. And Cooper Cup brings in Allen Robinson. So, for me, looking at the two, I just think Jamar Chase is a better overall pure receiver than Cooper Cup. And I know, again, splint hairs. This is no diss to Cooper Cup whatsoever. I've just saw what Jamar Chase was able to do coming in his rookie year, coming in, breaking that record with 1,455 yards and 13 touchdowns and 81 catches, all-time rookie record. Uh, I know he is very touchdown dependent as well, 
But a player of his stature, I think is, is I think he's going to stay consistent in those touchdown numbers where, you know, we see a lot of regression when it comes to touchdown numbers. I think he could have a good chance to stay there. Look at his numbers with T Higgins on the field, right? Like what does that share when you're both on the field last year? Uh, Chase actually out targeted T Higgins with 23.4% to 21.7% target share for them both when they're on the field. And it even increased a, you know, a little bit more slightly in the playoffs where Jamar Chase saw 24, a little about 24 and a half percent of the target share compared to T Higgins, 21% share. So I do think that this, this team is going to throw the football a little bit more. I think Jamar Chase is in the second season uh, of the NFL. And that means a little bit more because you got to remember he set out his senior year. Uh, of right. college. So a whole year off. he came in with a year off, broke the, the, the rookie receiving record, dominated with Joe Burrow, who's also just removed for a major injury, right? He had ligament tears in his knee. So now he's back for a full year, recovered from that. Jamar Chase is acclimated uh, in the NFL a year. I think this offense is going to become even more explosive. I think T. Higgins benefits Jamar Chase. So for me, when I was looking at Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase, I was splitting hairs. But what I've seen from Chase all the way from last year, through the preseason and practices now, I think there's a better chance that Jamar Chase is the number one overall fantasy receiver um, than him finishing outside the, the top the, the reason that I had Cooper Cup ahead of him was early on in the season last year, uh, his touchdown percentage, uh, specifically on long plays, was just outrageous. Some of them were just because he would flat out beat the guy, but there were other that were broken plays and things like that. So I think if you remove a touchdown or two, especially of the... 50, 60, 70 yard variety that could bring things back to normal a little bit. Uh, whereas Cooper Cup is simply just on volume, and I don't think the volume is going to change much. So that was that was why the slight bump. Uh, but would it shock me if Jamar Chase ended up being the number one overall this season? It wouldn't shock me in the least. He has the talent to do it. That was just kind of where the the line of demarcation was for me. And absolutely, same thing for me for, as far as the volume uh, going to Cup and kind of just the. Um, explosiveness of Chase's plays. I mean, it's they can be a little bit boomer bust. That's just the nature of those kind of plays. So uh, they are just a little bit more or a little bit less consistent than what you're going to get out of Cooper Cup, and that's why I left Cooper at, at two instead of three. But again, like you said, Rich, totally splitting hairs. These guys are all fine players. You want all of them on your team, and all three of these guys have the potential to be number one overall, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but see, and that we have to see a little bit of regression from Cooper Copy. I mean, he saw 191 targets last year, caught 145, 1,947 yards, and 16 touchdowns. They're bringing Alex. But he Robinson. eats breakfast with the quarterback, Rich. <laughs> I mean, he's still going to get 191 targets. Yeah, I, I think Allen Robinson's going to, uh, I think Allen Robinson will eat that a little bit. Uh, I think Van Jefferson should help out a little bit when he's healthy. What have we really seen from Allen Robinson in the past few years? I mean, I know it's he's a good outside player. of last year. He's been, he's been over a thousand yard receiver year in year out. Yeah, was it last year or two years ago? I can't even remember. It feels it feels like two, forever. Two years ago, ago. last year was, was his, his bad year. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, is he a one for one replacement for Odell Beckham? Possibly, but Cooper Cup was still able to do his thing when Odell was there, so I'm not too worried about uh, you know Allen Robinson or really any other wide receiver in this offense because I still think Cup is the guy that Matthew, Matthew Stafford's looking for in this offense. Whenever anything happens, he, you know when he's in trouble, he's looking for him. He's he's the primary guy on most routes that, that are being run. So Cooper Cup is just kind of the top dog in my opinion. 
I mean, historically, we see when when these receivers top, like put up these kind of big time numbers, there's always some regression. I mean, it's usually right around like a fifteen percent drop. I think uh, historically, when these receivers go for those kind of numbers, when they go over sixteen hundred yards, and there's not even a lot of guys. I think uh, going back uh, in this, you know, since we hit the year even two thousand, there's only been fourteen receivers to even top sixteen hundred yards. It's such a monumental task to even achieve in himself. So we just had to ex- expect some natural regression there just of that alone. So absolutely. But again, I mean, split here. Absolutely. Split I mean, there, yeah, there's no way he's going to get 1900 plus yards again. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. There's going to be a regression, but he was so far and away yeah. ahead of the number two guy. It was ridiculous. It was, it was like 80 points or something above him. So even if he did regress a little bit, he's still got plenty of opportunity to still top the list. He just might not be quite as dominant as he was. Yeah, last he could, year. he could come in at 170 targets, lose 21 targets on the season and still be one of, if not the most targeted player in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, even, even like a 15% drop for him, he's at like 120 catches for like 1,500 yards and like 13 and a half touchdowns, right? So he's st- he's still, still a high end wide receiver one. I mean, all three of these guys are league winners. Uh, it, it'd literally take an injury for them not to be wide receiver one. So it's a really good top three. Matt, let's get let's hear your four, five, six. I'm really curious about four because I all think right. this is where things get could get really interesting. So I'm curious as to who your four is here, Matt. All right, so my number four guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip from all these. Well, I guess they aren't all young, but I'm going to uh, Devonte Adams is my fourth guy, Tyree Kill is my fifth guy, and then AJ Brown. Three guys that all switched teams last year. Whoa! But I'm I'm going I'm going four, five, and six with Devonte Adams, Tyree Kill, AJ Brown, and. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you guys want to just run run right through your guys's as well, and we can kind of discuss where we're at or, or how you guys want to do this. I wasn't on last week's show, so I missed it. Well, here I'll, I'll give mine real quick. We'll let Rich give his, and then we can we can start debating it out because yeah. uh, I joked about us being very different last time, but this time we truly are very very different uh, after three. Uh, so number four, I actually have CD Lamb uh, at number four. At five, I have Stefan Diggs. And at six, I have Devontae Adams. So we only have one of the same four, five, six, and that guy's at six. So, Rich, where are you at? I took uh, I took a little bit from both of you guys. I have at number okay. four, Devontae Adams. Okay. Number five, CeeDee Lamb. Number okay. six, Tyreek Hill. And a little teaser, I don't even have A.J. Brown in my top 12. I don't either. Wow. I don't have him in the top 12 Pink. either. So, Matt, Pink you're going to you're gonna have to explain that one. I mean, how 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 do you guys not? I don't understand how you don't have him in. If if he was to be say healthy all year long with the Jalen Hurts connection that's supposedly sparkling throughout all of camp, how could you not have a guy like AJ Brown who's shown to be a dominant force not in your top twelve? That that to me is almost confusing, and I feel like you guys you guys need to explain. We what have the to hell explain ourselves. Going. We're we're the ones okay. that are agreeing. He can sparkle all he want, but I'm not looking for ponies. I'm looking for fantasy football wide receiver ones here, uh, Matthew. I, I understand. I'll tell you why I he won't understand. be a wide receiver one. It's, it's name, there's two names. One, a little smaller name. It goes by the name of Dallas Goddard. Just a little smaller name. A very fantastic tight end in the NFL. And I've been saying that on this podcast forever. The most underrated receiver in the NFL right now and fantasy player is Devontae Smith. That guy is always open. He's too good of a route runner. I love A.J. Brown. I think he's really good. I do. I think he's really good. 
But I also think Devontae Smith is amazingly good as well. And I think he's going to take some targets. And the fact is, I just don't think Jalen Hurts is a good enough thrower of the football, an actual fan, like an actual NFL quarterback thrower of the football to support uh, two high-end receivers where one could be a wide receiver one and one could be a wide receiver two. I just don't I, see it happen. I, now, I, I agree with that. That's why, that's why I... 13, 14. That's why I bumped. That's why I bumped Devontae Smith down a little bit because I think AJ Brown is going to be taking most of the targets as far as the wide receivers. And I mean, I do understand that that Devontae Smith is a good player and that he can get open. But all reports from camp is it wasn't even close. AJ Brown was the best player in camp by far, and it was it it was him, and then you know two or three levels down, ever, then it was everyone else. So I'm taking that kind of hype, and I think I think you know Jalen Hurts. I as we all say is not where he needs to be for, as a passer, but he has progressively gotten a little bit better and shown a little bit more, and probably shown more than I thought he was capable of. So I'm going to take the leap with him this year, and I'm going to say AJ Brown does make it into the top twelve, right there at number six for me. I'm with you on Jalen Hurts. I, I I do like Jalen Hurts, and I think he's better than. We historically have given him credit on on this show. Uh, that being said, I have I have AJ Brown at fourteen, uh, and it's nothing against his talent, Matt. I remember you and I when he came out, we talked about this is the most talented receiver in the class. So I understand the ability and the talent, uh, but part of it is going to be we haven't seen anyone consistently come close to putting up wide receiver one numbers with with Jalen Hurts. Now, is AJ Brown more talented? Maybe, but. I don't know that he's significantly more talented than Devontae Smith. We're talking about a Heisman Trophy winner that went in the first round. Like uh, he is a very, very talented player as well. They are very, uh, so very just, different players. They're I, I, very, they're very. You know what I mean? Like, like they're they're different yeah. to throw the football to. You, oh, you know, they're AJ built Brown, completely different. One looks like a running back, and one looks like you know he's like malnourished. I get it. They're 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 very <laughs> different. Like overall. Uh, but they're I very still different as to how you throw the ball to them as well. I mean, like A.J. Brown, sure. you, you chuck it down the field to him when he doesn't necessarily have a huge cushion. He can still come down with the ball. That's not really Devontae Smith's game. He's he's a more he's a very technically sound guy that's going to you know have some separation. But if you're not the most accurate thrower of the football, even if a guy does have separation, if you throw it a little bit behind him, all of a sudden it's not a great pass and, and, and the completions aren't there. You know what I'm saying? But if you throw to A.J. Brown – He's kind of open no matter what. If it's a little bit behind him, he's going to muscle out a, a defender to get to the ball and kind of make some of those poor errant throws. He he makes up for some of that, I think, with his physicality he, he can. and his catch radius. He, he definitely uh, can, but I just I, we haven't seen anyone historically with Hurts put up anywhere close to consistent wide receiver one numbers. There's a lot of mouths to feed, and we saw in the second half of last year, they're really trying to run the ball more than they have more than they did in the beginning of last year. So I think between Jalen Hurts running, the teams running, and just all of the mouths to feed, and Jalen Hurts being good but not great passer of the football, I just think it's going to be hard for them to have a, a wide receiver one in Philadelphia. I think you guys are going to rue the day that you put him outside <laughs> yep. of your wide receiver one. We'll know the answer to this question in about six, not even, what, four months? Yep. Yeah, we'll know Absolutely. the answer. We'll probably we'll know by two months. That's all we need. We'll have a good idea, but. Can't believe Matt wasted his bold prediction. Yeah, you week. should have saved it for uh, next week. AJ Brown, wide receiver. I didn't six. think it was bold, so I mean, why <laughs> would I? Why would I plan to save that? I thought that was he's next gonna week. Be he's going to come in. AJ so, Brown, wide receiver two on the year. He's just going to keep going so up. So we all had 
Matt, did you have you had Dev- you didn't have Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams right? was my number four guy. Yep. Number mm-hmm. four. Garrett, you had Devontae Adams, Adams right? And I had Devontae Adams. So I had him at four, Matt had him at four, he had him six. So we're splitting hairs there, coming off career highs with 123 catches, 1,553 yards, 11 touchdowns. Yes, he switches teams, but you could argue this is the better uh, pass catching you know, core that Devontae Adams has ever been on with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. He's got really good familiarity with his quarterback and Derek Carr because they're college teammates for two years. Again, we mentioned at Fresno State, they led the nation in touchdowns there as well. Devontae Adams scores a touch, tons of touchdowns. And plus, you got you to gotta remember, Devontae Adams isn't just a benefit benefactor of Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the better route runners in the league. He gets off the line just as good as anybody in the league. He's just a dominant receiver uh, as a whole. So I think... I think we're all pretty comfortable on Devontae Adams, right? No reason to explain why he's in our top six. Nope. I think we're good um, to go on him. Yep, correct. Yep. And, you know, we all had Tyree Kill in our top we six not. as well. Another we player. I didn't have Tyree you Kill. You did not? Uh-uh. No. Where do you have Tyree Kill? How about that? How about a little tease? Where do I have Tyree Kill? Yeah. Uh, I have him at nine. So Garrett has him at nine. Um, me and Garrett, me and Matt do have him at top six. Matt, why do you like Tyree Kill here in your top six? I mean, obviously, historically, he he's one of these top guys regardless of, of – I mean, I guess not regardless of who's throwing on the ball because it's always been Patrick Mahomes. But I'm not going to knock him um, too much with, with the switch from Mahomes um, to the new offense here. I think it's going to be a very creative offense that you know relies on the run, um, pounds the rock a bit, and, and makes – a lot of easy throws for Tua, and and we've seen a little bit of glimpses of it in the preseason. He can get the ball down downfield, but there's going to be a lot of times when he's just checking it down to um, Tyree Kill, you know, on on short short crossing routes and stuff like that. Real stuff that Tua's historically done going back to college with him and Jalen Waddle and um, Mike Asiki there as well. I think I think it's going to be a offense that 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 pulls people in until it pops one over the top. And I think that's going to be Tyreek Hills, the guy that, that gets loose once or twice a game. And I don't think there's going to be a big fall, a big fall off as far as his production um, from last year and the years before when he was, you know, perennially up here in the top five or six. So I'm not going to knock him at all until he gives me reason to. How about that? No, hundred percent. I mean, he's, he's, He's he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's a, he's an all timer, right? When it comes to talent, right. his explosiveness. Uh, we talk about Devonte Adams getting off the line. Tyreek Hill just explodes off the line as well. I think Mike McDaniel's will put him in a ton of situations where it's catch and go, right? Like here's the ball, go make plays because that's what Tyreek Hill could do with his speed. And like you said, and just open it up for the you know the take the top off the defense as well. And when it comes to throwing the football downfield for accuracy per Pro Football Focus, to a tug of Iola was number one in deep ball accuracy at 55.2% in the NFL last year per pro football focus. So I, I think Tyreek Hill is dangerous, again, at all three different levels of the field. This is a player that gave $72 million guaranteed, so you better bet your tookus that they're going to scheme around Tyreek Hill. And you got Jalen Waddle offset too, so that's going to help him a ton. You got Mike Gesicki. Chase Edmonds has looked absolutely dynamic so far in the preseason in this offense as well. I think even though you have Cedric Wilson, you got Jalen Waddle, you got Kasicki, you got Chase Edmonds, all viable pass catchers in this offense, Tyreek Hill is just too good not to succeed. 
having him here at number six, which was where he finished last year, right? He had a couple of injuries. He was wide receiver two the, the year before. I always question myself, like, when I actually put him in there, I'm like, am I cheating myself on Tyree Kill? But I think with all the question marks and other better weapons around him, I think it's a fair place to put Tyree Kill uh, at number six. And I'm with Matt. Like, he's just too good not to produce extremely good numbers in this offense. I think Mike McDaniels is a creative and smart enough to coach to find ways to use Tyree Kill, either on ends around, just to get the ball in his hands. I mean, it's set in San Francisco. We just want... Like, we don't care about the play. Our number one concern is actually just putting a ball in our playmaker's hands. And that's what Tyreek Hill, he's a dynamic playmaker. Yeah, the, the reason I have him a little bit lower than you guys, and, and you'll see kind of uh, on all of these guys for the most part, as far as these receivers that switch teams, I have him a little bit lower than you guys, a little bit lower than Consensus. Not a ton, like a couple spots lower on Devontae, a couple spots lower. Well, same spot as you, Rich, on A.J. Brown. Quite a bit lower than Matt on A.J. Brown. Um, and then once again here, I'm a little bit lower than you guys on Tyreek. And that's because traditionally, and with, there are exceptions to this rule, um, we had two or three years ago with with Diggs and Hopkins were kind of the, the outliers that really shook this rule. But before that, we had not seen many players at the wide receiver position transition teams and have immediate success as top five, top ten assets at the wide receiver position. So it's it's a little bit uncharted. And when we go specifically to Miami, if we look at the Kyle Shanahan offense, and I remember talking about this last year when we were talking about George Kittle, we were talking about uh, uh, Debo Samuel, and we were talking about Brandon Ayuk. I don't know that all of these guys will be able to feast. And I feel that same way about this Miami offense. Two is a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. I don't know that all of the pieces in this offense are going to be able to feast. Now, is there a chance where Tyreek Hill becomes that one guy that does it and just absolutely goes bonkers? There's a real chance of that. But there's also a real chance that, and I know this is going to seem like like sacrilegious to say this, but that Jalen Waddle is the wide receiver one in this offense. Like We haven't seen all of these guys on the field at the same time play yet. Jalen Waddle was putting up some pretty amazing... Had had Jamar Chase not put up the numbers that he did, we would have been talking about Jalen Waddle as rookie of the year type candidate. We were talking about him as a top 10, maybe even top 8 asset at wide receiver before Tyreek Hill came in. And they already have chemistry uh, from their days at, at Alabama and then their first year in Miami. And and in Shanahan's offense, which we assume, assume this is going to be the same thing uh, in McDaniel's offense, they like to run the football. They like to run the football quite a bit. If there's going to be a team that's going to be anywhere close to 50%, it's going to be San Francisco. It's going to be the Titans. It's going to be Baltimore. And it's probably going to be Miami, um, just based on on uh, what we've seen out of Shanahan pro, uh, prospects before. So I, I'm a little bit down on them. I still have them as a wide receiver one, but... I just don't know that we're going to have the consistency that we saw at a Tyreek Hill last season. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with all the points that you make because, again, when you have a guy like Jalen Waddle who is a top seven fantasy football wide receiver, it's easy to worry about, right? Like somebody else coming in and taking that role. But what would excite me, though, about that is that Tua was able to have, help Jalen Waddle in this, you know, in, in that offense with him become a wide receiver seven. And Tyreek Hill right now at this development is just a better receiver than uh, Jalen Waddle. I mean, Tyreek Hill's a Hall of Famer. At this point of his career. And the only other thing I would say is, even though you mentioned, like, besides DeAndre Hopkins, probably Robert Woods, we don't see these re receivers go to new teams and succeed. We've also never seen anything like this happen in the NFL where these sure. star receivers 
at 27, 26, you know, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Kill change teams like this. this is a, it's like a whole new NFL opened up upon us. You know, we never see it, let alone three guys come out and, you know, right. get traded. And a lot of these guys requesting trades. Uh, Devontae Adams wanted to be traded. Tyreek Hill wanted to be traded. AJ Brown didn't want to be traded, but he also wanted sure. to be paid. So DeAndre Hopkins was kind of like, whoa, you, you got traded because Houston just needed that 95 year old running back. So, at the other way as well. So, but you know, you have them as wide receiver nine. I'm a wide receiver six. We're still in that kind of uh, same uh, category there. Now, one player that you and I, Garrett, had in our top six was CD Lamb. Matt, where did you have CD Lamb in your overall rankings? Did you even make it in your top 12? Seven. Yeah. He's right there at the, at okay. the, the next pick for me. Yeah. Uh, so, you'll be talking here shortly here. And to, and um, to your so point, right to your point, uh, or, or back to Garrett's uh, uh, list, I guess, he also had Stefan Diggs who was a eight for me. So we, we weren't really that far off as okay. far as the guys yeah. that we had on our and, list. And, and where did, where did you have digs, uh, rich? I guess some on digs. Okay. Seven. So yeah, we're not crazy far. Seven. I have five. Um, you know, I know, I know we expect a, a jump for Gabe Davis this year, but, uh, Stefan Diggs was fantastic last year, even with things, even, you know, being cut into him a little bit. So, uh, and his touchdown numbers were down a little bit last year as well, but real quick, I would do want to touch on, on CD lamb. Uh, the big reason that I have him at four, which I know is is pretty high for somebody that we haven't seen consistently put up these kind of numbers, is we've seen tons of big games, uh, specifically last year. You, we saw tons of games where he had over 17 points. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So almost half his season, he had over 17 points uh, per game, which would be a really solid game. Problem was we had one, two, three, Four, four games where he had under six, and a couple of those were in the four-point range. So I think that's what changes this year for CeeDee Lamb, a guy that has moments where he just looks like a beast, completely unstoppable, but then other times he just kind of disappeared a little bit. He doesn't have the luxury of being able to disappear this year. He's going to be fed every single game. He's going to be consistent every single game, and I think those those valleys are going to be much better than they were uh, previously. And I, I mean, I agree. Yeah, with I that had C. Well. Lamb at number five overall. I agree. I think. So I think I had him. I had him above Tyreek Hill. I think. I guess. I guess my C. D. Lamb uh, ranking may may feel a little bit low now that we've discussed it out. Um, just because I do think he's going to have a great chance of, especially early on in the season when you know guys are either injured or coming off injury. It's really just kind of him. And Dalton Schultz uh, are going to be the two main guys in the in the passing game. He's going to really feast early on in the season. Mm-hmm. When you know when Michael Gallup does come back um, to full health, I think that's going to take away from it. The, you know his number one presence slightly. I mean he's still going to be the number one guy, but he might not be quite as heavily targeted uh, once Gallup got, gets back on the field because Gallup got a pretty nice contract. You know despite the fact that he was coming off an ACL injury, so they do want to use him as well. Um, but this is like the natural year three type of, of breakout type of performance I, I see from CD. So seven may be a little bit low, but maybe I just have higher expectations for guys like AJ Brown and, and Tyreek Hill and stuff like that than, than Garrett does, sure. uh, for instance. So um, that's kind of how he landed there for me. Yeah, so I have I have C. Lamb even above Terry Killers at number five, and I honestly thought about putting him ahead of Devontae Adams even and put him at number four receivers. That's where you have yep, number four. Number four. That what you said? Um, so I actually thought I'd put him there too because we talk about a guy, like let's, let's look at this receiving group that we've talked about as a whole, right? Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, 
uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Uh, where else? Who else did I miss? You know, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. It's Ceedee Lamb in C- against Ceedee Lamb, right? I mean, it's, it's a rookie Jalen Tolbert, and he's got his tight end in Dalton Schultz. So we're talking about a guy who came is coming off a year of seventy nine receptions for one thousand two hundred yards and six uh, touchdowns. We talk about one hundred ninety one targets for Cooper Cup. There is a chance that CeeDee Lamb could lead the league in targets this year because there's really nobody else to throw the football out there to besides Jalen Tolbert. This is offense that's going to throw the football. They're in a dome. Um, and look at you know the target share that's even available. With Cooper Cup out gone, Cedric Wilson gone, that's 165 targets. 25.5% of the team's total targets. CeeDee Lamb entering year three. We know historically year three is a breakout year for most stars, right? That's a year where these guys really take a big step forward. We've seen steady progression out of CeeDee Lamb coming into his second year. Uh, He's got uh, 2,000 receiving yards in his first two seasons. Again, really good historical numbers here. So for me, CeeDee Lamb, the number one target on a high-powered offense with no real competition. We don't know when Michael Gallup's going to be back 100%, right? You know, probably right around week five, week six. That's half the football season, the fantasy football season, half. So even just with a really hot start with CeeDee Lamb, this could carry him this number five. If he stays steady with that, CeeDee Lamb could jump into that top three overall finish, potentially number one overall finish. We could get, we we said, who are the receivers outside of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson that are going to enter that, that realm of, of young stud dynasty receivers that are the top five startup picks. And we said who? CeeDee Lamb and Michael Pittman were the guys we were betting on. I think there's a chance that CeeDee Lamb enters that tier one fold this year. And yeah, could it get a little bit more murky with Michael Gallup? Yes, but I don't I don't consider Michael Gallup, he's a nice receiver, he's a good receiver, but he's not a threat to CeeDee Lamb or his target share. So, and Dalton Schultz, we know he's on, he's on a franchise tag only they didn't resign him. So I think CD lamb has a very good chance to even beat the number five ranking. I have here targets, targets, just like we talk about running backs, you know, how many carries they get can carry their way to be running back ones. I think CD lamb will see enough targets to carry himself to a top five finish this year in 2022. I love the vacated targets. I love the player. I love the quarterback and I love the run game to really open things up for him as well. I think CD lambs in, for a monster year in 2022. Let's talk about our friends at Prediction Strike. That's right. Prediction Strike is back, and this is the perfect time of year because I went in, and we talked about it last week. I went in and bought a bunch of those Michael Pittman Jr. shares. So if you saw the price go up from last week, that's that's mostly my fault because I bought like a ton of shares of Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, but you can go in there. The rookies are now in there if you want to go in there and look at Damian Pierce, who's probably already skyrocketed in price. But you could look at guys like Zamir White, Khalil Shakir, some of the low-end guys. Or maybe you're like, you know what, I want to take some of these top rookies. Brees Hall, people are down on Brees Hall right now. You can go in and take advantage of those types of situations. But you can go over there, use the promo code DYNASTY to receive a free share of a player. That's right, use promo code DYNASTY at Prediction Strike. Com. And lastly, I do want to make a quick announcement. Uh, we are uh, excited to announce that we are going to be having our own show over on the Better Sports Network. Now, this is a brand new app that just launched. We it Literally, the show started this week. So this is brand new, brand new concept, bunch of shows going all day long. If you're a person that likes serious satellite radio, 
you're going to absolutely love this show. Now, it'll be a little bit different than the show that we do here at Dynasty Nerds. I'll be on the show every week. There'll be times that we see Rich, be times that we see Matt, uh, but I'll be hosting. We're going to have a bunch of awesome guests in, and we're going to be doing uh, some things talking about some betting lines. We're going to be talking about the games that are going on. Uh, It's going to be even during the Thursday night football. So in the second half of the game, we're going to be 10 to midnight Eastern time. You can join in with us. September 8th is when we're launching. You can go ahead and join us at the Better Sports Network. And the big thing is you can call in. you can call in. Right? Like So you can call into the show. Yeah, I told Garrett, like, I'm going to try and get on as much as I can. It might be the whole show, but maybe I can get on there for an hour, you know, from 9.30, 10.30. We can take some phone calls and talk some Dynasty Fantasy Football with uh, the listeners as well. So excited for that. Cool, cool. Let's get into it. All right. You want to jump in there? Seven, eight, nine. All right, Matt, lead us off with your number seven, eight, and nine. All right. Points. So we already talked about um, my seven, eight, and uh, my seven and eight guys. So I had CD Lamb at seven, Stefan Diggs at eight, and then Michael Pittman Jr. at nine. All right. Yeah, yeah. For, Garrett, where are you at, man? For me, uh, I have Debo Samuel at seven, I have Mike Evans at eight. And I have Tyreek Hill uh, at nine. And sneak peek, I do have Michael Pittman Jr. at 10. Uh, but now I'm mad that you have him slightly higher than I do. <laughs> I put him there where, just to make where you Where did Matt have him? He had him at nine. I, I had him at nine. 10. Okay. Well, let's make everybody mad here. At number seven, I have Stefan Diggs. At number eight, I have Michael Dang Pittman it. Jr. <laughs> at number nine, I have DJ Moore. DJ so, Moore. Uh, well, well, I mean, at number seven, Stefan Diggs. Uh, Matt, you had Stefan Diggs at number... Eight. Eight. Garrett, you have your top six. Yep. I, I don't think there's a ton we need to talk about Stephon Diggs. I mean, he's his first season, Buffalo, 127 catches, 1,535 yards, eight touchdowns, was, you know, uh, what, what did he go with last year? 1, 000, 103 catches, 1,225 yards, 10 touchdowns. 10 touchdowns so yeah. a, a throw first offense. Not not a lot to talk about Stephon Diggs. He's, he's everybody's wide receiver one. It'd be hard to imagine him not falling, finishing as wide receiver one. So I have Michael Pittman at eight. Matt, you have Michael Pittman Jr. at nine, and Garrett, you have him at ten. Yep, he basically hates Michael Pittman Jr. So let's I talk mean, about Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, obviously. Dang we're it. talking about a player here who's just going to have a—he's have just an overall so much better team around him, right? Like the run game and offensive line are still golden, but he's got two good receivers coming in now that you know, hopefully, if they stay healthy, and Paris Campbell Jr. second round pick, Alex Smith. Uh, Alec Pierce, who they're going to have to respect a little bit with his size, his speed. He could get down to that, you know, he can take the top off a of defense down there. You got to respect that a little bit too. And a much more accurate quarterback in Matt Ryan. So I think we all like Michael Pittman Jr. here as a wide receiver one. Coming off a, a, a his sophomore year of 88 catches from 1,082 yards and uh, six touchdowns. And that was with Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz definitely started the year with just what? Okay. Say the least. Yeah, he's obviously getting a big time upgrade. Uh, um, and, and you know, we we heard about it all. You know, right when camps were starting, about how Matt Ryan can put the ball right where he needs it and all that kind of stuff. And um, it just kind of grew from there. You saw a lot of um, positive pub and, and and cool and good clips of Michael Pittman just kind of dominating um, joint practices and stuff like that. I, I just I do think this he kind of took a couple of years to, to get you know into the NFL game. This is year three for him. It's going to be a big year. He's getting a big upgrade at the quarterback position. Um, and you mentioned, Rich, there's there's other weapons around him. I mean, obviously, Paris Campbell, we need to see him stay healthy. 
but another guy from all reports has been having a pretty decent camp as well. Obviously, Alec Pierce, another big-bodied person. Um, we know that Matt Ryan likes to throw to those kind of targets, going back to his days in Atlanta. And Matt Ryan specifically, we broke it down a couple of years ago, is is very good when he can turn around, fake a handoff, and make easy throws You know, coming off the play action. And he's going to have a lot of opportunity to do that with one of the best running games um, there with Jonathan Taylor and a, and a very solid offensive line ahead of him. So uh, a lot of reasons to um, – really like Michael Pittman to have a kind of a breakout year. He is the, I think the lead dog there in that wide receiver core with, without much of a doubt about that. Um, and, and, and with the upgrade to the quarterback, um, position, I, I think the sky's the limit for this guy who, you know, last year had, he flashed moments of wide receiver one anyway, and, and finished a, a, right around in the twenties in, in PPR, um, I think he's. I think he could take a big jump this year and, and get up there, and, and that's why I got him at nine. You know, Rich, you got him at eight, and, and Garrett. I'm guessing you have very similar reasons why you have him at ten, but maybe not as strong as mine and Rich's. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, clearly I hate Michael Pittman Jr. He is the worst. I haven't been talking about him all off season or anything. Um, no, I. Uh, w- one of the main reasons, and I actually mentioned this on one of the YouTube videos that I did uh, talking about Michael Pittman Jr. was uh, last year. The, the Colts ran the ball the most in the red zone out of any team in the NFL, which makes sense. You have Jonathan Taylor, but part of that was also their lack of trust in Carson Wentz in the red zone. Conversely, Atlanta threw the ball in the red zone more than any other team in the NFL because they really trusted Matt Ryan to make good decisions in the red zone. So I think we are going to see an uptick. Look, they're still going to run the ball a lot in the red zone because of how dominant that line and Jonathan Taylor are. But I do think we see a nice uptick in uh, red zone attempts as far as passing attempts, and he's going to be that guy. He's the big-bodied threat, the, the jump ball guy. He he saw about 25% of the targets last year in the red zone. I think we're going to see a similar number of that this year. It'll just be an increased opportunity. So instead of the 17 targets he had, I think we're going to be looking at 24, 25 targets inside the red zone, which will only lead to more touchdowns and more fantasy points. Yeah, and you expect this team to throw the football uh, uh, more as well. This is a team that you mentioned they ran the ball a ton. In the red zone, it's a huge number, right? That trust when it comes down to Carson Wentz. I mean, just look at the steady per- decline when it comes to pass attempts. Last year, the Colts averaged 30.6 pass attempts per game. That was it because of the Carson Wentz. The year before, even with an old Phillip Rivers, right, who didn't have the good arm, they averaged about 34.5 pass attempts uh, per game. And if you go back before that with Andrew Luck even, they averaged about 40 pass uh, attempts per game. So look for the Colts to actually throw the football a little bit more. Definitely when they're looking to stop that run game. I love the weapons around them. You got to remember Mo Alley-Cox at tight end. He's uber athletic as well. So he'll, he'll draw some coverage from those linebackers. I think this all just pushes Michael Pittman to have a really big year. And like we mentioned from a dynasty aspect, that he takes a monster step when it comes to ADP and value in dynasty startups overall. I think Michael Pittman in the 2023 startup league will find himself in the first round of dynasty startups as he enters that next tier of young wide receivers that's going to give you kind of like what Mike Evans has done, right? A thousand yards every single year, just whether it might not be wide receiver one, but anywhere from wide receiver four to wide receiver nine, year in and year out. And that's dynasty gold, right? That's a championship caliber cornerstone. Michael Pittman's about to enter, make himself a cornerstone player. So 
I'm glad we all have him as wide receiver ones. I kind of expected that with us all kind of talking about him taking that leap this year. Uh, Garrett, you had after who else did you have in your top top nine here? Uh, so I had Debo, and then I had Mike Evans. Okay, I have Debo at ten, and I have Mike Evans at twelve. Um, I had Debo Samuel or I had DJ Moore at nine. I'll give you my number eleven was Mike Williams too. So Ooh. I kind of think these bottom guys here in a bunch. I kind of want to see who we have in and who we have don't out. I still want to take them all up here and see where we're all at. So let me just go through, you know, seven, I had Diggs, eight, Pittman, nine, DJ Moore, 10, Debo Samuel, 11, Mike Williams, 12, Mike Evans. I want to kind of hear all of our top 12 and kind of go through all these guys instead of going back where you had them, where you didn't have them, because I think we're going to have a lot of the same guys here. Sure. Um, so I had, I had at number, I already, I did seven, eight, nine, seven, seven was CeeDee Lamb, um, eight, Stefan Diggs, nine, Michael Pittman. Then I had. 10, Mike Evans, 11, Debo Samuel, 12, Mike Williams. Because <laughs> I had okay, So to. we all, we have, besides DJ Moore, we're the same. Correct. Yeah. So you're and I, well, me, Matt, you and I, our top 12 is exactly the same amongst players, except for you have AJ Brown in and I have him out and I have DJ Moore in. So Garrett, Correct. let me hear yours. All right. So I had Debo Samuel at seven, Mike Evans at eight, Tyreek Hill at nine, Michael Pittman Jr. at 10. Uh, and I agreed with you guys to an extent. I do have a Chargers wide receiver inside the top 12, but I have Keenan Allen at 11. Uh, just, and then I have DJ Moore one. at 12. Yeah. Oh, so we both got DJ Moore in there. That's good. And You know, I actually had Keenan Allen where I had Mike Williams, and then I deleted it, and I put Mike Williams in because and, – and, and listen, I know – um, that he was second in the Chargers when it came to targets and, and catches behind Keenan Allen. I understand that. He still had 129 targets in 2021, which is really good. But I think the big thing here was I go always go back to that Heath Cummins tweet, right, from a while back when he said, what happened to Mike Williams week 6 through 10 last year? And what happened was he hurt his knee yep. versus the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. So weeks 1 through 5, and this is all about the Heath Cubbins tweet. You can see it. It's, it's from a couple months ago. Weeks one through five, he averaged 22.8 PPR points per game and 10.2 targets. Then he hurt his knee. And then he went down to 5.9 PPR points per game, weeks six through 10, and 5.3 targets, and then jumped back up 11 to 18, which 15.3 PPR points per game and 8.1 targets. He had multiple weeks where he was the number one fantasy wide receiver overall. Um, Keen Allen, a little bit older, still a savvy route runner. And listen, if you want to put, if it's, we're at 11, right? And I have Keen Allen probably right around 14. So it's not like he's too far off either. If they did flip-flop, I'm okay with that. But I think this offense and, and, and Justin Herbert in his third year as well, taking another big step, is designed to throw the, push the ball downfield. Justin Art Herbert's arm is too good not to push the ball downfield. And Mike Williams is one of the best downfield receivers in the NFL today. So I think he's going to benefit. You know, I think Mike Williams, I like him as a receiver, but I think Mike Williams does benefit from Justin Herbert, right? Like he's oh, sure. the, a really great yep. quarterback is going to elevate good. There are other players around him. And I think Mike Williams is a really good player. So I think he's going to elevate him. And I think Justin Herbert's strengths really match up with Mike Williams' strengths as well. And I still think I think that target share is going to switch a little bit because I think it's going to be a little bit more 50-50, where if Mike Williams wasn't hurt last year, I do look at Mike Williams, who through weeks 1 through uh, 18 was wide receiver 12 overall. If you had his whole, the whole 18 weeks, 
I think without hurting his knee and taking about those four weeks there, four to five weeks where he was a little bit banged up and we saw his targets drop down, literally cut in half. His target share was literally cut in half because of that knee. I think we're talking about a top eight fantasy football wide receiver. And I have him here at number 11. I love this offense. I love the the other receiver outside of him because he does, Keen Allen does take a, the better cornerback with him because he's such a good route runner. So he, he needs that better quarterback that can stay with him where Mike Williams could take the top off and dominate a receiver on the outside with his size. And Justin Herbert's good enough to put the ball exactly where it needs. So, you know, with a player coming in here, so seeing about 30% of the targets because there's not a lot of other players to go out there. I like Josh Palmer a lot. I'm not really worried about the tight end in this offense here, but I think it's a one, two, three combo of Keen Allen, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler. So I think Mike Williams has a chance to pick up right where he left off. And that's more so as the weeks one through five season where he was a top five fantasy football receiver. I think on a points per game basis, he was the number two overall fantasy football receiver weeks one through five. I love the player. I love the offense. Uh, I had to get him in here. I know, Matt, I, you go ahead and piggyback off that too. I know you love him just as much as me. Is there anything I missed here that why he's a top 12 fantasy football receiver for you? Uh, I mean, I think the one thing that I, or I could recall off the top of my head that you did not say was watching him play last year at the beginning of the year before he got injured he was doing more than just he was he was being more than just a deep threat for for the Chargers offense he was doing a lot more of the route running and kind of intermediate stuff as well so you saw his average you know av- yards per per catch average kind of take a little dip at the beginning of the year but he was getting a lot more targets um and, and kind of reverted back to almost being a little bit more of a deep threat when is when he had the knee injury and i think that's when we saw the the slump in, in all his production as well and, and once he got healthy he kind of got back to his early season um mode but i think you, you you basically broke all that stuff down i just wanted to mention you were you're talking all about his deep stuff i just wanted to at least mention that prior to the injury he, he was doing a little bit more in the intermediate type of, of stuff as well and even getting some some you know screens thrown out to him they were really getting him involved and getting him touches early in games and getting him kind of in the flow where in the past it was kind of like let's just chuck a few balls you know downfield to Mike Williams and see if we can get him in the game that way they were getting him involved close to the line of scrimmage intermediate and down the field which is huge I mean that's exactly what you want out of your wide receiver you don't want him just getting balls chucked downfield you want him kind of involved in the entire offense and that's what they did early on in the season last year the the only reason I didn't have Mike Williams in there I do have Mike Williams as a wide receiver too so I didn't you know didn't hate on him or anything like that I think I'm probably just a little closer to consensus uh on Mike Williams uh but part of it was you know historically it's it's been Keenan Allen Keenan Allen's been the main guy he's proven it year after year after year it's really hard to remove someone that's proven it that many times over and over and over again uh, the other reason is you, we mentioned Josh Paul, Josh Palmer, but stylistically, he is a much closer replica to Mike Williams. Not as good, obviously, um, but he would be a guy that would take more of those uh, intermediate to deep targets where that's where Mike Williams traditionally has really shined, whereas Keenan Allen's more the underneath. So I don't think Josh Palmer is going to be taking much away from Keenan Allen. I think if anyone, he's going to be taking in a little bit of some of those those big plays that Mike Williams is still going to lead the team on, but it'll you're going to lose one or two of those a game that he would have gotten. So I think that's the other reason for me that I have him outside of my top 12. A receiver we had in our... Uh top 12 Garrett that's the same at you as I we already know why Matt doesn't have him I have a number nine yeah. was DJ Moore um you know it hasn't been a wide receiver one yet 
you know, coming off of the season where he's wide receiver 20. I think he's wide receiver 21 a year after that. We all know the stats, right? 1,100 yards, four touchdowns. That's 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 what DJ Moore does. But DJ Moore is coming off just he's historical bad quarterback play. Historical bad quarterback play. This is somebody who's, who comes in with uh, – I had a note here on how bad the quarterback play. I know we talked about it last week as well. I lost it, but he's somebody that his best finish was wide receiver 16. They bring in Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield should open his passing game way more than any other quarterback. This is somebody who were, oh, here it is. With all, I think all the other quarterbacks combined, um, it was like they averaged, oh, 17 touchdowns per game. Little, little over 17 touchdowns per game for Carolina while DJ Moore's there, been there. So literally a, a pass and touchdown a week is what they average. Uh, where Baker Mayfield alone averaged 23 touchdowns a year. So that that alone is going to boost him just because more touchdown opportunities. I think DJ Moore in his new contract has just been ready to shine out there, waiting for an accurate quarterback and a quarterback that could, you know, put the ball where it needs to be, put the the, the, the player in position to, to – to exceed after the catch. Terrace Marshall, still a lot of rumblings where it's just him and that organization aren't just, they're not clicking very well. Robbie Sanderson's okay, but you listen, he was talking all that dirt about Baker Mayfield before. Baker, he holds grudges. He's not going to forget that. All these balls are going to Christian McCaffrey. They're all going to DJ Moore. I think he's in line to finally see that. I mean, all DJ Moore has really needed to enter that wide receiver one fate like category is more touchdowns, more than four touchdowns. So I expect this offense with a healthy Christian McCaffrey with better quarterback play to move the football downfield a little bit more. And remember Baker Mayfield uh, going back to 2019, where'd he, where'd he help Jarvis Landry finish? Top 12. That's what I- Wide receiver I was just looking overall. that up because I wanted to. I was gonna. I was gonna make my counter argument that that none of Baker's uh, wide receivers ever finished as a wide receiver one. But then there he is. He squeaked in wide receiver twelve, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, and before that he had two wide receiver twos with Baker and Odell. So yeah, he got he got Jarvis Landry to be a wide receiver twelve. And we listen. Jarvis Landry is a very good receiver, but he's not nearly as good as DJ Moore. So I think. I think with this addition, with a healthy uh, Christian McCaffrey, with a defense that's just okay, I think this is finally the year we see the DJ Moore breakout that I've been waiting for. It's the reason I've been acquiring so many shares in my dynasty leagues because uh, I expect you know still uh, 25 years old, still ready. He hasn't even hit his prime. I think this is where I think we see Baker get an extension in Carolina. I think he's a long-term answer in Carolina because I still think Baker's a good quarterback. And I think DJ Moore is about to enter the category for the next four to five years as a consistent wide receiver one, because that's the talent he has. I mean, I really do love your optimism, Rich, for all all of that stuff. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like almost the exact opposite about this entire team. Like, it, I feel like this is they're they're trying to patch it together with another guy that they just bring in, you know right you know before the season and it's there's no cohesion this this is going to be the year that the whole thing blows up and everyone's out of here at the end of the year personally but it could it go your way absolutely and i think i think you lay out a nice argument for that i'm not there with the player i'm not there you know with the situation to put him up there um 
but I can see the argument. And, and Man, it took you two years to come around on Stefan Diggs. I can wait two years for you to come around on DJ Moore. It's not a big deal. I got time. That's got fine. Time. I'm only nothing, 42. We got nothing but time, time here. We got nothing but time. Time will tell whether or not this guy is a jag or whether or not he's an actual player. Whoa, whoa, I whoa, whoa. He way. is not I don't a mean, jag. I don't, I don't mean that. I, I don't yeah, mean that. The only player over the past four years to have 1,000 yards or more every single season has been DJ Moore. He's not a jack. I understand. He's not a jack, and I don't mean it that well, way. Well, Mike Evans. But is he a difference maker? And we haven't Maybe seen that yet. From a, from, a, from a fantasy football standpoint, he has not been a difference maker on anyone's team. He's not going to win you a championship. Because the quarterbacks have been thrown to him with his first name Turd, last name Ferguson. What the, what's the guy supposed to do? It's a miracle what he's done already. That's like me after throwing the football. That's not going to end very well. I'm proud of you, DJ, for all that you've overcome. All right. Well, I I put me in the I got to see it before I believe it type of category with, with DJ Moore. All right. Garrett, back me up here. You had him in your top 12. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Top, I absolutely have him in the top 12. I, I have him right at 12. Uh, and really all we need to see, you, you laid it out beautifully. Uh, all, all we need to see is roughly a touchdown and a half uh, to get him into that that wide receiver one range. So I, I don't think that's a lot to ask. Uh, we I think the the target numbers are fine, but I also think you know we we haven't seen a lot of on target throws. If we even just get a little bit of an increase on on target throws as well, we're now seeing those. Uh, you know he, he's getting eight eight targets, nine targets in the game, but he only has three receptions because. So many of those passes were uncatchable and underthrown and things like that. So if we can even just increase a catch a game because of more accurate passes, he you don't have to go up in, in targets whatsoever. Just a little better accuracy and just a little bit let, better luck in the touchdown department, and he's right in there. So it's it's not a stretch at all for him to get in there. It really doesn't take much figuring to to see a very clear path is that for that being a possibility. And and I really think that that this is the year that that does happen. You guys, you guys do remember that Baker Mayfield averages twenty six touchdowns per game. Averages you guys remember the the video that Odell's dad sent out, right? What what does that have to do with it? Because Baker is hurt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean Christian McCaffrey didn't play last year. Going to send videos of him on the couch eating Cheetos. No, no I remember saying, the video of Charlie saying, the Unicorn from back in the early YouTube days. I'm just saying, guys, There's there's been some issues with receivers questioning Baker Mayfield's precision as a passer as well. That's all I'm going to say. Did, did you see that last preseason game with Baker and Mayfield threading the I've needle? Seen, I mean, goodness I've gracious. seen blinds. I thought he was like Betty I've Ross I've seen blind squirrels get guy. nuts before, Rich. It happens. I mean, you know, you throw it and guys dive all over the place and miss things that will later on in the year be – Packing up groceries at the local grocery store. Um, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Well, I'm glad you're watching squirrel porn. <laughs> all right, let's uh, move on to uh, another receiver here. Now we all had Debo Samuel in our top twelve, yep. correct? Yeah, absolutely. Is anybody worried about Trey Lance? That's yes. why I put him down to eleven. Um, that's where that's where I have him. That's why I'm at ten. <laughs> yeah. So yes, is the short answer. They kept Jimmy G for a reason, guys. Absolutely, they, kept they did him for a reason. And that and and that gives me probably more reason to keep him in my top twelve than anything else. Because if Trey Lance sucks, which I think he's shown enough um, inconsistencies um, that I that I feel like he's not a very good quarterback personally. 
And obviously San Francisco feels that way too because they just brought back a guy that they talked about shipping out all offseason. They restructured his contract to keep him around. And I think that speaks volumes. I don't know that everyone can hear the volume that it speaks, but I, I can hear it personally. And I think it's I think it speaks volumes what Jimmy's seen too. Jimmy's like Washington practice. Everybody's like, yeah, I'll stick around here. It won't be too long. Yep. Hey, all, that's all I want you to do. I want you to put in my contract. I'll take less money. But just give me an opportunity to make that money back by per games I play. Yep. Because this is a too good of a team to not get me out there. And that's an excuse they're going to use. Like, hey, Trey Lance still isn't ready yet. And we're going to give a little break to learn all this. We're going to cheat me out here. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because um, it is. I mean, it, you got to be worried a little about Trey Lance kind of like wanting to run first uh, than throw the football. Now, I know Devo dominates with the ball yards after the catch. So that's going to suit him well. Uh, but... It, it, even even if Trey Lance isn't that great, Debo's still good enough with the ball in his hands, and they still. They, I mean, Kyle Shanahan said still they want to use him as a wide back, so they're still giving him rushing opportunities. He rushed last year fifty nine times for three hundred sixty five yards, and that's that, that happened on. Um, like his, he started, he didn't really start rushing the ball a lot until about week ten. So they utilize him a little bit more in that aspect, even earlier in the season. I think that alone is going to help Debo Samuel maintain his running back, uh, his wide receiver one stature. Because again, with the ball in his hands, he's he's probably one of the most dynamic players with the balls in his hand, with the ball in his hands in the NFL. I mean, we talked about him coming out in college, right? It's why we gave him a round one rookie grade. Watching him, uh, this is a player that we loved when we scouted him and said, when you put the ball in this guy's hands, he's like a running back out there, and that's what he does, and he dominates. So. And last year, there's only three receivers last year that averaged 20 points per game. It was Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Debo Samuel. So Trey Lance, does it hurt Debo some? Yeah, but not enough to keep him out of my wide receiver one category for this year. I'm I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I yeah. actually have him a hair higher than you guys. Uh, I have him at seven. I do think that there will be a little bit of regression. Uh, and I, I do wonder how much they're going to use him as a running back. Uh, I, th- I think we'll probably see that 59 number probably stay about the same um, only because I think we'll see a slight downtick of, of rushes per game. Uh, but I think, I think we'll still see roughly the same number. Uh, but when you're talking about somebody that was at times, the entire offense, that's really what Debo Samuel was. The entire offense was on his back. And you saw in those clutch moments, in those big games, they found ways to give him the football and, with how this division is, and it's still a very talented division. I know the Seahawks aren't what they were before, but they have the reigning Super Bowl champs in their division. And then they have the Cardinals who are begging to be a playoff team. They just spent tons of money on a new contract for Kyler. They really think they are a competitive team. So this is going to once again be a very competitive division. And I, I think that they're going to be in a lot of tight games this year, especially if Trey Lance is a little bit erratic where we're seeing these you know, 14 to to 16 types of games and 21 to 24 and a lot of these really tighter games where at the end of the game, there's going to be one player that needs the ball and it's going to be Debo Samuel. So I really think that in those clutch moments, they're going to, he's going to put the team on on their back again, on his back again. And that's going to be where a lot of his fantasy success comes from. Even uh, sorry, Matt, even if you eliminate Debo Samuel's rushing yards, there's 365, which equates about 36.5 points. He still finishes right behind one point, like basically behind Jamar Chase as wide receiver six overall and ahead of Tyreek Hill. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, I I was just going to say that they're they're still going to manufacture easy touches for him. 
I, I do question whether or not he's going to have quite as, as many rushing yards just due to the fact that Trey Lance might be holding on to some of those and rushing himself because he is a dynamic rusher of the football as well. And I think that's probably Trey Lance's best skill set at this point in the NFL. So I, I do think there is going to be regression there from a rushing standpoint. Um, like to your point, Garrett, is he going to get the same amount? It's just going to be spread over 17 games instead of kind of condensed in that back half of the year that it, that it kind of was last year. Um, possibly, uh, or there could just be a flat out reduction if Trey Lance ends up rushing the ball and that's kind of like the only way he can threaten defenses. So, I mean, only time will tell. There's a reason I dropped him from, you know, he was top three last last year all the way down to 11. I'm nervous about it. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous about the whole situation. If you if you said Jimmy G was 100% going to be here, he would be much higher in my ranks if if I knew he was going to be the starting quarterback for the, for the 49ers. So it's the Trey Lance unknown. Um, you know, a lot of people hanging their hats on Trey Lance this offseason as kind of a, a huge upside type of guy. I just don't think we saw it in game action when he was playing. Uh, I, I do think he can threaten defenses with his legs, but I think he's very erratic as a passer. So it's it just makes me real nervous. And 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 Debo Samuel's, uh, I think, he, I think everyone on the team is going to suffer a little bit uh, in, in the passing game anyway. So it's, it makes me nervous. I think the biggest reason for optimism would be is that Kyle Shanahan's a really smart coach, and you think you'd want to protect. I mean, listen, there's a lot of jobs on the line when you give up three first round picks for Trey Lance, and that goes back, you know, from John Lynch, you know, Kyle Shanahan. Um, so this is, I think they're going to have to put him in the best position to su- succeed. And I think what benefits this offense to succeed is that George Kittle and Debo Samuel are two of the best players in the NFL with the ball in their football hands and yards after contact and yards after the catch. So I think they should, like Matt said a couple minutes ago, they're going to hopefully design a lot of plays to get the ball out quickly into their playmakers' hands to kind of give you those Fugazi stats on Trey Lance. And I, I think I mentioned this last week when we talked about uh, Trey Lance a little bit, Garrett anyways was saying, hey, I think Trey Lance's numbers will be somewhat Fugazi with the simple fact that, you know, Debo Samuel and George Kittle will make those numbers look better with a lot of those short ball, you know, catches in the flat screens. And they'll do so well with the ball in their hands that they'll help Trey Lance look a little better. And that's probably their best, best chance for success. Um, we talked to Mike, Williams, Mike Evans. Uh, is there really a lot to say about Mike Evans here? I mean, I guess there is something to say. This is a guy who's been a wide receiver one every single year, pretty much. This is a guy who has 1,000 yards every single year of his career. Um, I know some people might be a little bit nervous that he had a career high in touchdowns last year and the year before, you know, 13 and 14 there. Some people are going to say, well, that's that's the only reason was the wide receiver one last year because saw a lot of stuff come down uh, with his numbers after Brady got there. We saw his target share is at all-time low since Brady got there. Um, it's dropped every single year since Brady got there, but his touchdowns have gone up. We all have him in as a wide receiver one, so we all feel pretty confident here. I feel good about it with Russell Gage coming in and Julio Jones. Those guys aren't big-time weapons in my eyes. They really take uh, targets away. We still don't know how if Chris Godwin's going to be a hundred percent going into Week One. So I think Mike Evans is the clear number one receiver here early in the season. And when you play a guy with a guy like Brady, who's going to throw for about five thousand yards, it's easy to find Mike Evans as your wide receiver one in twenty twenty two. Hundred percent, man. You just laid it out. Uh, you know, Julio Jones has never been a guy, even though he is 
six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds. He was never a guy that scored a ton of touchdowns. We always used to kind of make fun of the fact that he, he barely scored any touchdowns. All of his production came off of just volume and and him making big plays. But he seemed to always like come up a yard short, or he was he wasn't getting targeted in the end zone and stuff. Uh, so. I'm not worried about that. I, th- I think Mike Evans is, is super safe. I think Brady knows how to use him in the red zone. He's such a tar- he's such a weapon there, and he's so hard to cover with his six foot five frame. Uh, you know, combine that with with Brady's just prowess in that in that area and just ability to to throw guys open, and, and it's a match made in heaven. I think you can count on him to get around 1100 yards and 10 plus touchdowns this year. And that's why I, I got him in pretty easily um, as a wide receiver one this year. Yeah. I don't think there's, there's too much more to touch on. You guys did a great job laying it out. I have him as my wide receiver eight. Uh, I, I once again, expect double digit touchdowns, especially early on in the season when there's not really a lot of other people to trust. And, and let's face it as much as we've loved Mike Evans in the red zone and Tom Brady's loved him in the end zone. He's loved Gronkowski even more, and Gronk's not there anymore. So that, I think that's only going uh, to increase the looks that Mike Evans gets uh, down down near the end zone. So I like Mike Evans this year, top ten guy. All right, who are we are we missing somebody, Garrett? Here that we didn't talk about. I think we've I think we've basically touched on everyone. Uh, the the only one that I haven't gone like in depth about is Keenan Allen, but we we touched on that, and and I kind of laid out my point uh, as to why I had him over Mike Evans. So. I think we're ready to, to move on to the tight ends in our next episode. Well, before we did, like we said at the beginning of the show, I mentioned we're going to start our annual Dynasty Nerds redraft league. And I know we're starting a little bit late because, you know, procrastination does something like that. And we were talking about it, but we want to get a redraft league going on. We want to do it every year. We want to do it with the Nerd Herd. So what we do is we're going to announce that in the Discord channel. Uh, we're going to pick nine people to play. Maybe even, maybe even, uh, maybe even 11. Do a little 14 man league action, right? Uh, with the Dynasty Nerds group there uh, on Sleeper. Do a little 14-man league there. And we're going to pick people from the Nerd Herd. Now, to help, you know, they encourage everybody to get in the Nerd Herd as well on the Discord. Right now, we have a promo code. The promo code is FOOTBALL. It gives you 15% off of all the tools that we have in Dynasty. If you're getting ready for the season, no tool is better to help you navigate your season than a Dynasty GM tool with a trade calculator, with a player share, and of course, with the league analyzer. On top of that, as the season progresses, we have all 22 film for all the rookies to scout throughout the year. So once your season ends and you're ready to get into Dynasty mode, we have the Dynasty Nerds film room. It's used by every major analyst out there today. Then we get so many messages about how people just thank us for our film room. Uh, we were down at the football expo and I was talking to so many people, even from networks, like major networks going, man, I love your guys' film room. I use it all the time. So the film room, the GM, all of that promo code football is going to save you 15% off your membership. It's literally the price of a cup of to- coffee. You get the bonus podcast as well. And now a chance to play in a redraft league. If you use a promo code football, and you, you do it within the next couple of days because we're probably going to pick these this, this redraft league uh, sometime over the holiday weekend. But if you use the promo code FOOTBALL, we're gonna, we'll pick two new Nerd Herd members to join this redraft league with us as well. We'll take the 11, the nine other guys that are consist, that have been historically Nerd Herd members and get in the league as well. We'll have some cool prizes. There'll be no buy-in. It's just being a Nerd Herd member. We'll give away some prizes. We're going to do this every single year. We're going to host on Sleeper. 
14-man PPR league. Who knows what the rules are yet because we haven't decided, but it's going to be a PPR league. We'll see the roster. <laughs> so get into Nice Inner. Join in her today. Promo code FOOTBALL. Save 15%. Give it a try. See if you like it. See if it's for you. If you love Dynasty Fantasy Football, I promise you the Nerd Hurts for you. Until then, we'll be back next week with our bold predictions. But as a Nerd Hurt member, you're going to be checking out our top 12 tight ends in our next episode. Adios.